welcome, welcome back to Killing the Game with Gigi Spear, Kelly Bright, and our very special guest, who Kelly will introduce in a little bit. We are so, so excited to get the ball rolling again, symbolically, too, with our season starting next week. We're going to be cranking out these episodes, talking to people, and hoping to get you guys more engaged, too. Yeah, Gigi, it's been way too long. I was about to say so long, but it's been too long. We we're getting the things going. We are pumping episodes out and then COVID hits. We get sent home, shut out of the studio and we are still shut out of the studio, but we decided to bring it back. Fordham Athletics have been shut down for two weeks now. And during quarantine, Gigi and I were talking and we were like, it's now or never. We got to bring back him the game. We got to get people back on the grind, back on the student athlete conversations And like Gigi said, I'm just so happy to be back and talking to you. And we do have a really exciting guest, someone that we've been waiting to get on the show for a long time. But Gigi, first, I just want to talk to you a little bit. How are you feeling with the season right around the corner? Great question. Yeah, I'm excited too to get um, our guests on, get everybody else too. We've got lined up going, but we have one week till we play. And like you said, we've been on shutdown for two weeks, been in the apartment, been making it work, you know, doing our own little workouts little mental activities, whatever, yoga, meditation, things like that. Um, but I realized that it's, it's stupid to be scared right now. It's stupid to look at it and be like, wow, we have seven days left and we haven't practiced as a team in two weeks. But it's way more fun to look at it like, damn, we've got seven days left. We have all these days in our history that we've put in and we have to trust that. And not only trust that, but be excited about that. Trust that but whatever we have is gonna push us going forward and we're gonna be dogs. Like we talked to one of our alumni today about career things and stuff, but mostly too, it was a lot of inspiration because she is up on the wall of our Bahoshi field and she's competitive. And you could tell that now she's like 10 years out or whatever, but she's competitive. So why look at it and why be scared? I've realized with my personal self, it's more exciting. It's like, all right, we practice on Sunday. We get going. We play on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. A little bit of practice, another game, another game, COVID test, COVID test. And it's going to be a lot, but why, why worry about it? Why be scared? So that's what I'm thinking. That mind sh- uh, mindset shift kind of just happened today though, because I think that in the past couple of days, it's been hard to not to look at it and be like, wow, a lot of us are shut down. Not only us, like not only softball, a lot of teams at Fordham are shut down, haven't been able to practice, but we're in it together. And it's an exciting time. Gigi, you said it best. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just excited to get to play softball again. It's been so long. And I know not just softball, other athletes feel the same way. They just want to play. They just want to do something. I mean, you've dedicated pretty much your whole life to whatever sport you're playing in college. You've dedicated so much time to training, to eating right, to preparing your body for competition. And I think if I've learned one thing since March of 2020, it's been almost a year now, is a respect for the game. And a gratitude that I think sometimes goes missing, especially when you're in that day-to-day grind, that weekly grind, that routine, sometimes you forget why you're doing it in the first place. And I think just in having conversations with not only girls on my team, but also student athletes across the board, people are just like, I just miss it. Like, I just miss competing. I miss being in that setting, in that intense environment, you know, game on the line. So many of us are just going to be so excited to get out there on the field. You know, you watch professional games. There's just an energy there. And it's so comforting because these times have been hard, very unprecedented, very difficult, challenging times. And to just see something normal, something as simple as just playing a sports game. And to me, sports are so much more than just sports in general. But it it really it's a sign of hope. And I I just can't wait to do it. I'm excited, too. And 
like you said, we have so many things to look at right now. It's hard. We don't want to compare, you know, like girls are playing today and we don't want to compare and say, oh, I wish we were out there right now, even though we do, you know, our time will come and we'll show up and we'll show out. But I think it's a good segue into our topic for today, just to come back, because like you said, I think a lot of people are losing hope right now, or maybe even just the day to day, one day might be harder than the other, but it's nice to find little bits of inspiration. Like with us, it's, we have a girl, a group of 17 girls we could look at for inspiration. We have coaches, we have everybody. And um, we wanted to talk today about inspiration and finding inspiration and being open to learning because it's hard to, to be open and be curious right now because you want to be careful and you might just think this sucks and you just want to close yourself off. But um, there's a lot of hope in, in learnings. When it comes to inspiration and motivation, there's just one name that stands out. And he has been a part of Fordham Strength and Conditioning Program since January of 2018. He isn't our strength and conditioning coach, but he's always in the weight room and everyone knows him. It's not only by his voice, it's loud. He's got the accent. He's got a lot of bold things to say, but you know, his motivation day in and day out has really changed the atmosphere for the Fordham strength and conditioning program. And he, he hasn't just been on the college level. He's also worked with the New York giants right down the road. And just over quarantine, he is now also the host and owner of a podcast, Toes on the Line podcast. It's, I think, 18, we'll have to ask him when he comes on, but I think it's in its 18th episode now. So he's been rolling with that. And he just has so much wisdom to share when it comes to motivation and learning. And so, Gigi, without further ado, I'd love to introduce Gio Grassi to the Killing the Game podcast. Gio, welcome. And thank you for being here with us. That might have been the best intro I've ever received in my life from anyone, colleagues, family, very close friends, distant people that know me. That, that was incredible. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. So, um, yeah, toes on the line. I, I'll be honest. With my podcast, I don't know what episode I'm on. I'm just rolling with the punches. I always have to go back uh, on, like, iTunes or Spotify and, like, look at what was my last episode number and I said, okay. And then when I'm editing a new episode, I just type that into the title page, episode whatever, 22 or whatever the hell the case is. So, um, but, yeah, I've been here, what, going into my fourth year? Um, I love that you said everyone knows me because I feel like <laughs> no one knows me. I feel like I'm not famous. I don't want to be famous. And if I happen to become famous one day, well, so be it, man. That's just, that's just faded for me, you know. But, um, yeah, listen, man, I come from a winning background. Going back to like high school, man, like we barely lost any football games. In college, we won a conference title. Um, you know, when I was a GAF, Fairleigh Dickinson, you know, the basketball teams, they won their conference titles. Uh, tennis, the golf teams, the teams that I worked with, they won their um, conference titles. Uh, I had a fencer who went to the NCAA Final Four compete. So um, I, I just come from a winning background. I love competing. I love winning. That's what I look to bring to Florida, man. I'm just looking to change the culture because everyone knows it's hard to win. Um, from any level of sport, whether it's high school, D3, 2, 1, the pros is obviously the hardest. But, hey, listen, if I can give anyone an extra edge to try to win, I got your back. I'm always going to be in your corner. And you're right. I always got some bold stuff to say, and that's never going to change. But if somebody could take the bold stuff I'm saying and mold it into motivation to keep going and push further in their own life, let alone sport, then you're winning, man. You're, you're going to find big-time success. I love that. And – you know what? That was a well-deserved intro, though. I'm sad that this was the first time you got something like that, but I'm happy we got it out for you, though. 
I appreciate um, it. Hell yeah. Um, but I love that though. Like the winning mindset is so important to have. And I'm wondering with the background you've had, what are some of your biggest role models that you've had throughout your life? And, you know, what are some of the biggest pieces of advice that you could now give to your athletes from what you've learned? Um, I, I'd say, I mean, I've had a ton of role models from, you know, I would say like my dad's been, um, you know, since I was a kid, he's always taught me, you know, sportsmanship, you know, respect your opponent, respect the referees, you know, respect everything that happens in the game, because you can only control what you can control in the game, your own outcome, you know, possibly the team's outcome if you assist in that manner. Um, but outside of that, man, shoot, growing up, um, I want to say my high school special teams coach probably had one of the biggest impacts in my life because I remember one game, um, I think it was my, my junior year, I missed like a game-winning field goal. We wound up winning the game in overtime anyway, but I missed the game-winning field goal at the end of overtime. I mean, uh, end of fourth quarter. Um, didn't want to play football no more. You know, I was a naive 17-year-old. You know, you think, you know, F this. It's not for me no more. You know, he pushed me to get back into it. He pushed me, pushed me. I remember he kept, like, telling me, he's like, hey, man, you're you're made to be a Division One football player. You're made to be a Division One kicker. He's like, we're going to make you a Division One kicker. And he did. And I, I give him the props there for, you know, he was never easy on me. You know, we had a, a, a few laughs, but he was uh, he was a lieutenant in the police force. So I guess that kind of rubs into his coaching as well. He was a real tough coach, like. I mean, as a place kicker, I mean, shoot, he put us through some drills. That's like, Jesus Christ, coach, my leg is going to fall off my body. Chill out, man. But, um, yeah, he. I mean, aside from him, Coach Kachansky was his name. My college special teams coach, Coach Hall, um, who's a cancer survivor. You know, uh, big ups to Coach Hall down in Arizona right now. He's no longer coaching. But he was another one, man, a tough dude, never let up on you, even if you were the backup or, you know, a walk-on fourth stringer. I mean, he was on everyone's behind. You know, he, 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 he understood what it took to win. Um, you know, those, those are, you know, some of the best coaches that I've played for that really had a huge impact on my life and my athletic career and my development. But um, outside of those guys, some like superstars I looked up to as a kid, like I was a huge Brett Favre and Terrell Owens fan. Like I wanted to be Terrell Owens when I got older, you know, like I wanted to be 6'4", 230, a big body wide receiver. I, I, I never mounted to it. You could tell I'm only like 5'9 or something, you know. Um, and it's funny, the volleyball uh, girls always, you know, joke on me saying I'm the shortest guy in the room when they're in, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, like Terrell Owens, like if you ever watched him play, he was, you know, the most unstoppable guy on the field. Um, tough dude, called his teammates out. Sometimes it was, you know, hey, going a little too far with calling your teammates out, but he wanted to win. Who doesn't want to win in sports? What are you going to do? Sit back and, and accept the loss? Hell no. Uh, Brett Favre too. He always held himself accountable and you know, as far as he went in his football career in the pros, I mean, he he just wanted to continue to win. And that's one thing I wanted to do when I played sports. I just love winning. There's nothing better than winning in life um, or winning in sports, you know. And I, you girls can amount to that. Shoot, eight, eight, ten champions, right? There's nothing better than putting a ring on it, you know, married to the game. But um, outside of athletics, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, I grew up in Jersey City. One of, one of my other, you know, idols – um, and people joke about it all the time, you know, it's 50 cent, um, you know, to, to come out of, you know, Southside Jamaica, Queens, you know, the way he did it, um, you know, it was outstanding. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, Hey, I'm, I'm advocating for high school dropouts to, you know, drop out of high school and go get some money, but his drive for success is unparamounted. Like I've never seen like someone like 50 cent do what he's doing in his life, in his career outside of, you know, the stuff he's lived through. Um, and, you know, he's, you know, whatever he is now, multimillionaire, whatever his case is. I mean, he went from making music to now he's producing TV shows, Hollywood films. I mean, you name it. The guy's just 
you know, putting his hand in every single bucket of life to say, how can I earn money here? How can I make connections there? And I kind of look at that and say, hey, I could do the same thing he's doing. Obviously not on the grand stage and scheme of things, but hey, he, listen, he made gangster music. All right. But he's a people's person first. He's going to go out there and meet people. And that's one thing I took away from him. Go out there and talk to anybody you know or anybody you don't know for that matter because at the end of the day, you might meet somebody that's going to put you in places you want to be in life, if that makes sense. Yeah, those are some people I idolized and looked up to growing up. 50 Cent, Gigi and I are both huge fans. We know you're a fan as well. Um, but G-U-N-E-T! <laughs> <laughs> When you, you you have all these role models and you get all these lessons, how has that shaped your coaching philosophy now? You know, now you're someone that a lot of athletes look up to and go to for motivation. So what's your kind of coaching philosophy in the weight room and how do you get kids motivated? Uh, it's a good question. It's like I'm in a job interview. The way I would answer this in a job interview is completely different. To <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. We need honesty. Um, honesty. Honesty, man. I'm going to tell you straight up. My, my philosophy is straight up, you know, toughen up because, you know, my thing is this outside of sports, there's, there's a thing called life. Um, and I was a division one athlete. A lot of people are, and you're blinded to that fact because when you're a D one athlete, you got your eyes on the prize. You feel unstoppable. Nothing can stop you in this world. You feel like you're on top of the globe. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And then when life hits you in the face and knocks you on your back, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to cry about it. That's fine. Wipe your own tears. Cause nobody's going to give you a box of tissues to do that. Right. So my thing, you know, when I'm coaching kids in the weight room, it's like I want to put you in these situations. I'm going to I'm going to talk to you like how any individual is going to talk to you in your life going forward. Right. Because at the end of the day, no one's really going to care about you unless it's your family, close friends, some great colleagues that you work for. And I'm grateful to work around some, you know, three other strength coaches that, you know, we we, we back each other up a lot. We throw a ton of ideas off the wall with each other. But um, we hold each other accountable. And at the end of the day, I'm trying to hold every single individual in that room accountable for one, their own actions, two, the actions of the people around them. Um, because you can't find success, you know, being the greatest person in the room. You got to make sure everyone else is on the same page, right? So if one person is great and there's like, for example, 17 other mediocre people, guess what? That's the majority is, that's a mediocre team, right? I don't care who's the All-American in the room. If we had 18 All-Americans, well, shoot, that's a great damn team right there. You're going to do some things. So um, I'll talk to you in an adverse ways, find a way around it. You know, I'll, put people in adverse situations, find ways out of it. And that, that's basically my coaching philosophy. And it goes, it goes to show that, you know, sports is to me is a direct reflection of life. And that's why I wanted to be a strength coach outside of, you know, loving sports for what it is for me personally, sports changed my life for the better. Um, and sometimes, you know, for the worse, because you sometimes make decisions only for sport. Right. And it blinds you to, like I said, the facts of life, when you go out there into the real world and you got to, you know, start to pay bills, you got to start to, uh, interview for jobs and meet people and stuff like that. You might get pulled over one day and you get a speeding ticket. How do you handle that situation, right? Some people might crumble, right? But that's just my philosophy, man. Just put, put you in situations that are talk to you in certain ways that's going to just get you ready for life and what lies ahead. I love that. That reminds me of that um, Jay-Z quote too. I forget what song that is, but he's like, you know, you're rich when everybody around you is rich too. Like the <laughs> same thing. Like you might know you're talented too when everyone you know around you is talented. So now, yeah, that, that's a, that's a fact because you know, at, at the end of the day, but the biggest quote I've learned from one of my mentors, his name is Wayne. He's an ex-Navy um, pilot, right? He was shot down in, in uh, I forget what war he was in. I think it was the Korean War, something like that. He was a pilot flying and his flight got shot down. But anyway, outside of that stuff, he told me, he's like, one of the biggest things he told me was, Geo, man, he's like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. 
I said, why? I said, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be the best room for me, Wayne? Because now I could teach people. He's like, no, 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 no. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room because one, there's no more room to grow. Two, you're not learning anything new. So you're pretty much stagnant. He's like, however, you want to teach people your tricks, your knowledge, you know, this, that, X, Y, and Z, but you want to be in a room full of smarter people than you because you're going to learn more and you're going to grow more that way. And that, that's one thing I've, I've taken away from, from him. Shout out Wayne, man. And I'm wondering too, like, have you found yourself in that like fixed mindset before? And how'd you get into a growth mindset? Like you said, before we were talking, you read books all the time. I know you post how much you read, how much research you do. So what do you feel like you do? What's your philosophy around learning, reading, researching everything? Uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a fixed mindset, maybe like in my earlier career, like, you know, 22, 23, when I first started training people, um, like, how do you stay in the growth mindset? For me, it's, you know, one, you, you have to have that personal motivation, number one. If you don't have it, I highly recommend getting around people who have that type of mindset. But don't interfere with that person's growth, if that makes sense. Because there's some people that like to hold people back because they don't want to make that next leap for themselves, you know? You know, so that's the thing. One, you got to have that inner drive. It's, it's got to be internal. You know, you got to love what you do, number one. Right. I love coaching. I love strength and conditioning. I love being around athlete, uh, athletes, athletics, whatever the case is. I don't care what sport it is. Um, so you have to have that drive. If you don't have that drive, you might not be in the right field. You might want to reconsider what your career is or what you're doing. Um, number two, you know, like I said earlier, you know, be around people that want to grow with you. Um, so with me, you know, Coach Greer, Coach Gilfeder, uh, Coach Giorgio, you know, we're always throwing ideas and stuff off the wall with each other whenever we talk about programming or, hey, is this, does this sound right? Does this look well? Does whatever the case is, hey, how does this exercise sound for this block? And, you know, and then we'll dig into the research either individually or as a group, you know, we'll crack a book open. Uh, we do what we love to do all the time, staff reading. Um, we read a book called The System this past winter, and that kind of helped us establish, you know, how to create like an annual term plan for our athletes here at Fordham, you know, whether it's volume intensity, set loading and stuff like that. Um, getting off topic here, but anyway, um, so my personal, I'll, I'll take you through a journey of my personal growth mindset. Um, so I was coaching at a place called Parisi speed school in Fairlawn, New Jersey, where we train athletes, youth through pros. We're doing speed drill training, uh, agility training, stuff like that. So I wanted to get back into the mix of being a college strength coach because I played college sports and I loved my college coach. He was incredible. Um, so I made it an effort uh, to reach out to a bunch of local colleges, you know, Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, William Patterson, Montclair State University, schools local close to me in Jersey City. Right. Um, so I had an internship at Fairleigh Dickinson with Coach Kyle McMinn, um, who's, you know, again, one of my great friends. I still talk to him to this day. Um, so he helped me intern, get my foot in the door. Uh, then I wanted to get another certification, uh, collegiate strength and conditioning certificate, uh, certification is called CSCCA or something like that, whatever the heck it's called. Anyway, help, he helped me achieve that. From there, I said, hey, look, coach, I want to get back into football because I played the sport. I want to be at a college with football. They didn't have it. So I interned at Rutgers uh, in 2016. So I basically literally wake up three in the morning, get there by about five. This is about an hour drive for me. Coach football from like 6 to 12. Uh, leave there, go back to Fairleigh Dickinson, finish my grad assistantship work because I was a GA there at the time. Um, from 1 to 5, boom, leave there at 5, go to this uh, personal training gym where I was working to make money because I wasn't making money from my GA, right? That was an unpaid GA, which sucked. 
So I, you know, do personal training from 6 p.m. to like 9.30 or 10 p.m. Bam, repeat the cycle. So I'm, now it's like clockwork. I'm doing that for like two months. So I'm saying to myself, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to be stuck in this like working three different job positions. So, so what can I do better? So I just started throwing my resume. I started mailing it to the New York Giants, to everybody. Ticket sales, uh, the strength coach, the running back coach, defensive back coach, the head coach, the general manager, the assistant of this guy, that guy. I mailed it to everybody in that building until everybody would have enough like cognitive thought to say, hey, this guy's resume reflects strength and conditioning. Let me bring it to the strength coach. Now he's got a pile of my resumes. Does that make sense? So it's like this guy, it's not the difference between being consistent and being persistent. I was exercising persistence, right? I was sending my resume to different people in the organization because I wanted that damn job and I landed it, right? So Coach Wellman gave me an opportunity to intern with the Giants in 2017. And I just wanted to keep growing. I said, hey, what's the next step? Well, I'm only an intern, but I'm paid. That's good. Hey, I want to coach the NFL. If not, I'll take a job anywhere because coaching strength and conditioning is just fun. It's, you know, wherever I can get it, coach. I'd love to stay in the NFL, but if not, whatever. Interviewed with Fordham. I didn't get the job the first time. Stayed in contact with Josh, right? Because I'm that type of guy. I don't, you know, say I don't burn bridges when things don't go through. I'll keep connected, right? Four months later, Coach Greer calls me in January and says, hey, look, position just opened back up. Do you want it? So I didn't even have to apply for it. We just kept in contact, and he just knew me right away. Interviewed the first time, offered me the job, and bang. Been there since. Um, and that's been my growth mindset. Now, what I'm doing, uh, this is my fourth year at Fordham. Um, I'm growing. Our strength program is growing. You girls see it. The weight room has expanded, right? We went from 9 to 12 racks. We have gym aware units in there now, so we're working with a lot more research-based and velocity-based stuff. Um, and we're just rolling. We're just trying to we're just trying to keep growing Fordham and our ourselves and our professional career as, as we keep going. Uh, you can definitely see the growth. And thank God that you were persistent with Fordham because we are so lucky to have you with our strength and conditioning program. And honestly, listening to you talk, even just through this interview, makes me want to go run through a wall and makes me want to go send my resume out everywhere. And Ooh, I think that's break the damn walls down. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan, Gio. That's that's the plan. Um, and you know, we're, we're out here, we're starting this podcast up again for that same kind of reason. So, cause I, Gigi and I both hoping to work in the sports industry. So why not just do it? Love, we love hearing you speak now, Gio, we have one more, I w- not question, but we have one more segment we want to do with you. We, I don't know if you've heard our show before, but each episode we do a little thing called spear speed round. And it's funny that you mentioned 50 cent earlier in this episode. Because your knowledge of 50 Cent is going to come into play here. And I'm going to let Gigi explain the rest. All right, we're going to go out with the bang. The only way possible, little Curtis Jackson knowledge. Okay. But really, it's up to you. It's what you like. So what I have here, I have a list of different songs, different 50 Cent songs. And I need you to pick. And we're going to go bracket style. So I'm going to go X song, Y song. And then you pick that song. And then the winner keeps going. We're going to end up with the winner. You ready? Okay. Okay. All right, so first off, we're going to start with two bangers, two classics, Candy Shop and Many Men. Ah, the two bangers. I want to say Many Men, but everybody sing that damn song like somebody's trying to kill them and they're not. But yeah. <laughs> it's like, bro, relax. Nobody's trying to kill you. You've never been in that life situation, man. You know, I say <laughs> Many Men's good because it has some good lines in there. I like it. Candy Shop is, is erotic. That's, you know, 
that's on that side of the spectrum. Yeah, it's different, <laughs> different vibe. All right. Speaking of man, now we have many men, and we got I'm the man. Now, gonna throw it back. Many men, or just a little bit. Jesus, just a little bit was a good song. A good song. I'm gonna still say many men. Keep it going. All right, and then we got hate it or love it versus many men. Yo, that's crazy because I was listening to Hate It or Love It yesterday, literally, and I'm like, you know, and I was telling my mans, I'm like, 50 Cent wrote this whole song. I hope you know that. And he didn't believe me. So I'm going to say Hate It or Love It because that's a whole 50 Cent record. There we go. There we oh, go. Yeah. All right, good. All right, Hate It or Love It. We've got a new one. And then we got P-I-M-P. Uh, nah, Hate It or Love It. Hate It or Love It, man. I'm, okay. not a, I'm not a pimp. I felt like, you know, I've been an underdog <laughs> my whole life and... <laughs> You know, I'm married, yeah, so I'm not no pimp. But I've been an underdog my whole <laughs> life, and yeah, that, that's my jam right there. Okay, all right, we're gonna get some Nas involved right now. We got hate it or love it, or 21 questions. 21 questions. Mm. 21 questions might be his best. That might be my favorite. That was a good song when it came out, right. man. That's great. All right, we're gonna keep that going. We got 21 questions, and then bring some capitalism in. I get money. Oh, I get money all day. Let's go. That's my shit. <laughs> when, <that's, laughs> when that song comes on, it just changed the whole energy in the room. Right. Everybody relates to it. Even if you don't, you have a quarter in your pocket. You got a little bit of money. You Yo, if you it. made five bucks today, that's your song. That's a growth mindset right there. Then Hell you look- yeah. <laughs> all right. So, bang, we're going to end with that. I Get Money is the winner of the Spear Speed Round for this episode seven. Gio, thank you so much for coming and talk to us, coming and talking to us. We definitely learned a lot from you and you know, we'll continue to learn a lot from you with that growth mindset that you've shared with all of us. I'm definitely gonna go home and listen to 50 Cent the rest of tonight and maybe into tomorrow. I'll have you know 50 Cent's one of my walkout songs this year, so. Yo, I hope so because I told a couple guys in the baseball team, someone needs to walk out to a 50 song on the Get Rich or Die Trying album. If, if you ask any coach in that weight room, it's 50 Cent Fridays whenever I'm on the uh, I'm on the Ox and we're lifting. And that's all we're playing, 50 Cent, baby. Gee, you nut. <laughs> but, but I'll be honest with you, like 50's great, but my favorite rapper of all time, you won't even guess it, is Lloyd Banks. Really? I would never have guessed I was, that. I was such a huge, like I thought I was Lloyd Banks when I was a teenager. <laughs> like I really, yeah. Like I love 50, 50's dope, but Lloyd Banks, the PLK, AKA Blue Hef, AKA Get Your Diamonds On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my guy, man. <laughs> you got Kevy with the G unit. All right. Good to know. It's good to know. Yeah, I'm an old head, man. 34 to consider me an old head now. <laughs> but hey, so, listen, this was, this was fun as hell. I appreciate it. This was a long time in the making. And people were yeah. begging. when we said we wanted to get a coach on, everybody was like, you got to get Geo too. I love it. I love yeah. that the fans demanded and you delivered. We delivered. That's what, that's what we're here for. That's what we're I here can, for. I can stay on for another hour just talking crazy, but I don't want to take up all your time. Easily. So, no, we'll come <laughs> on your podcast for that. All right. All right. We'll, we'll make amends. All right. Thank you so much, Gio. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode seven of Killing the Game. Strap in. We are now motivated. We're fueled. We're ready to go. We're going to be pumping out these episodes, and I'm happy we started back with this one. Thank you, Gio. Thank you, Kelly. This has been Killing the Game. <laughs>